we're in um it was an alligator zoo and I had to go in the pen with the alligator and the trainer was in there. So I go in there with the steady cams because you know I can't run like too fast with this thing and Juice Rose is in the back like behind the alligator. I'm in the front of it and the alligator just staring at me while I'm operating. Like I'm talking about like I'm like seven, eight feet away from this thing. From Cheese the House, this is Creative First, the show about the spark of creative leaders and how they discovered their passions, what inspires their work ethic, and the journey of getting paid to do what they love the most. I'm your host, Kelsey Cochran, and today our guest is Renard Sharen, and he has worked alongside some of the biggest names in the hip-hop industry, creating the music videos that align with their creative visions. Uh, Renard is a South Florida native and former football player at Northern Illinois University, who started his career in videography actually making highlight tapes as a high school football prospect for all of his friends, and his story on that is super funny. Um, he is now a camera and study cam operator based in Los Angeles and creates some of the most flawless action shots in today's music scene. He's worked alongside Beyonce, Juice World, Snoop Dogg, Nas, Travis Scott for Dior Fashion, and is frequently recruited to be on set with Cole Bennett, who, for those of you who are familiar with the hip-hop industry, he has been nominated for multiple BET Directors Awards, and together they make some really amazing work. Um, Renard speaks a lot on mentorship in our interview and how insane it is to be on some of these artists' sets, so I'm really excited to share his story with you all. And let's get into it. I'm so excited to talk to you all this week. We have a guest today. His name is Renard Shrin, and I'm pumped to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. First, I want to just commend you on your efficiency and like your eagerness to jump on this podcast with me. Like we talked on the phone last Thursday and I was just hoping to kind of intrigue you, you know, on what this podcast was about and kind of what me and my company had been doing. And after I was done with my whole, whole spiel, you were like, yeah, sounds good. So how's Monday? <laughs> and here we are. So that was incredibly efficient. And I just want to thank you for being so like open to doing this. No, thank you for contacting me. Uh, definitely uh, happy to do it. And there was no, not much thinking about it. So yeah. I'm really excited to share your experiences with this community as well. But before we kind of dive into like your whole journey and your career, I want to start with, you know, you're a study cam operator and you have been for about two and a half years now. I want to briefly touch on what steady cam operation is. It may be a little bit confusing on how that differs from other cameramen on set. So can you just explain in your own words, like how what you do is different than your standard cameraman? I think it's like a, just a niche in the industry. It's pretty much a, a stabilized system that allows the camera to pretty much float and get those really steady shots for something like a, a Ronin M that would be the smaller version of it, something similar to that, but allows us to get very creative, run with actors, allows us to get really dutchy moves in music videos in the music video world. Just a very creative tool that allows the set to move faster. So like music videos love to use that here operators because instead of being on a tripod, Sometimes they make this stand there as a tripod and then be like, all right, then push in slowly. It's just a very great tool for all around access in the film industry. Yeah, so it's really great for high motion films as well because it makes yeah. everything look so smooth and so coherent with one another. I also want to bring up, you mentioned before, like we just talked about, you wake up around 5 a.m., and like maybe get a workout in before starting your day. And I know that you were previously an athlete, so maybe it's just inherent, you know, to your routine to kind of start your day like getting active. Yeah. 
But because the equipment and the rigs that you hold are typically super heavy, do you think it's actually pretty important to stay in some sort of physical shape to do your job well? Oh, uh, yes, most definitely. Especially, I remember my mentor told me like doing core workouts are really, really important. So the first thing that gives is your abs and then I mean, your back. So you really want to make sure that your core is strong. I definitely instill some of the things I did in college, just making sure I'm still running and staying in shape because there's some days on set when you know, we're going back to back takes and I have to be in very good shape or else, you know, I'll give out pretty soon. So I make sure to stay in somewhat good shape to make sure I can do my job. Okay. So through looking through your portfolio and, you know, kind of just talking to you and reading up a little bit on your career path, I know that you kind of began camera work in high school as more of a hobby and you used to create, you know, highlight tapes um, as you were a football player. And then you did some workout videos as well. Did you ever think, though, that you would turn, you know, something that you started as a hobby into your full-time career? I was, I guess I had it like as plan B. Because, you know, like where I'm from, South Florida, like we all like, kind of just want to go to NFL. I, I, I kind of knew I always want to do something in media after I was done with football. So I guess I found that something in media. Now, definitely happy with what I'm doing in my career. And I never imagined I'd be doing this exact thing, but definitely happy. Again, as an athlete, highlight tapes are really important. But what made you decide that you kind of wanted to be making the highlight videos instead of just being on the other end, you know, being the subject of them? How did you kind of find that hobby? So I had a... Um... An editing class in middle school with my best friend and just for fun we would take the players we look up to and their highlights so there's multiple highlights on youtube we would just take them all download the videos cut them up and then add our own music to them and then uh once it was time to make our own highlights when we had enough we made our own and then our teammates found out that we were able to make highlight tapes they just asked us and we continued to make them throughout the time in high school and then i continued on in college we were uh taking the videos from um there's like a, a sky camera like from uh, from the stadium we were just taking that and downloading the footage from there so we actually didn't have to use any like, a camera of our own so we would just download the footage and use it as a highlight tape okay so really yeah. you started in the creative industry on the editing side when did you decide hey maybe i should get a camera and make videos Videos myself. It's really fun. I'm gonna get in trouble with this, but I actually, uh, when I recreated one of the videos, I started making revenue on YouTube from it, and I actually got flagged from my. I was a Michigan State video, I think, and I made like like twelve hundred dollars from that video from the revenue, and I took the twelve hundred dollars and I I bought my first camera with it. So then I started making. Uh, we would uh train where with our trainers, a group of mine, and I start recording our, our workout videos and editing and and just making like really dope stuff out of that. So that's how all that started. I got my first camera. I think I still actually have it in here. Yeah. I also read that your football career kind of had to take, you know, an unfortunate turn due to, you know, an extreme in injury that you suffered. Once that injury happened and you recovered from it, did you think you were going to get back into football or did you know right away that you needed to take a different path and kind of turn towards camera work? It was definitely kind of a final decision. I suffered five concussions. So after my uh, after my fifth one, I still like mindfully didn't want to stop. But due to what was going on and what we knew about a lot of the science behind concussions and whatnot, we just knew that like if I keep continuing this path, there can be some real damage. So we had to make a pretty tough decision. So when I made a decision, I knew it was final. And I, um, I already kind of started freelancing like during while I was playing actually for my final year so once i stopped i knew like all right this is something that i can continue to do and take advantage of why i'm still in college on a scholarship and make it work well going off of that so what advice would you give to a young creative who you know they may have some camera experience 
they may have always kind of viewed it as a hobby, like a plan B, sort of like yourself, but is now considering making it a career. Like from your experience shifting in that direction, what advice would you give someone? I just definitely networking and just reaching out. I think that's something that helped me just reaching out to to people that influence you and then don't be afraid. Like it's like a majority of the time they're they're, they're gonna answer back. It might take some time time but they're going to answer back just definitely like you know get pa jobs don't be don't be afraid to do things for free that really shows people that you really value what you do and and uh like are all in when you do the things for free i think some people don't realize that like they really need to invest like money because this is a very expensive hobby turned profession that we that we do so i think that's really important yeah i think that's really good advice too i think a lot of people don't want to do things for free or they're like it's not as much of an incentive to do this work you know if i'm not getting paid um when will i start getting paid and i think that it's a tough but very real you know realization that you have to make that sometimes you kind of do have to suck it up for a little bit if you want to stop find success later on okay so moving on to the exciting stuff so you are heavily involved in the music industry now and your client list is wildly impressive i was impressed just going through your you know social media channels your portfolio for the sake of the community i want to just name drop some people on your behalf so in just two and a half years you've been on set with beyonce with future with travis scott for dior fashion miguel puma post malone you've done work for the bet hip-hop awards if there are hip-hop fans in this community they are really looking up to you right now because that is their dream how difficult was it to infiltrate and you know get yourself into the music video industry so i have a mentor my name is xavier i met on set in 2017 he was doing what I'm doing now, pretty much. And um, how I got my foot in the door was, told me about Steadicam, and I was training in LA during the time. And he was like, hey, I'm, I just got on a t- television show. Like, you know, some of my clients I can't take anymore. Here's the open door. And I pretty much bought my Steadicam, like right away, I convinced my parents to help me out with a loan. And uh, I was able to get my foot in the door by taking his smaller jobs. And that allowed me to build a clientele to get to the point where I'm at now. Yeah, that's how everything kind of started. I was just taking his clients a little by a bit and then building my own on top of it. And then I was able to get where I am now and, and meet some people I have been able to meet. So, yeah. So how did you find a mentor and how important do you think that it is to have a mentor when you're first starting out? I think it's very important. I think it's how you really get your foot in the door and how you get jobs passed down. I found Xavier do you know a guy named Morgan Cooper? He created like the Bel Air trailer, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So I met that guy in Kansas City when I was peeing for him for free. And uh, he flew me out to LA to be on set with him. And that's where I met Xavier. And Xavier told me about Steadicam. He let me trying to rig while, while, while we were on set. And I fell in love with it right away. Yeah, so he took, he took me on his wing. And that, that was a, a very like out of nowhere thing, I should say. Like, I didn't expect that at all when I went to L.A. I didn't know what a steady camp was, honestly, until I, I came on set during that time. Yeah. So. I think that not a lot of people understand that having a mentor could be so useful for their career or they, they don't focus on finding one necessarily. They're, you know, head down in the grind just trying to find work. And sometimes the people that you network with can really – bring you the, the best opportunities, which I feel like has maybe been the case for you. Yes. Yeah. I think that this reaching out, as I said earlier, is very, very important because you have no idea who's going to help you, who you can meet, who, who you can 
like what person can lead you to the next person. I think some people's egos get hurt by like they think it will get hurt if they reach out and get help. I think that little bit of help can take you so far. So I think that's really important for people to just reach out and and don't be afraid to talk to people. Okay, so if someone is you know interested in the music video industry what would be your advice to them as like first steps? I know you've said accept free jobs, accept the smaller work, but I think that's a very general sense for the creative industry. Is there any music video specific tips that you would give someone who is interested in kind of infiltrating that field? How I was able to kind of find my passion through the music video world i used to watch, go to Xavier's sets and watch him and then i would record him and and see what he did and like all right he did this for this reason that's why he moved like that that's why uh, a lot of it is just grooving like with the beat and with the music and learning how to vibe with the artists and and, and it's pretty much a dance the whole time when you guys are and when, when we're working so it's just something that i've i had to learn like right away and by the time it was my sheet my time to to work, I was able to incorporate a lot of that like right away in uh, learning from my mistakes bit by bit. Every time I, I make a mistake, like, all right, why did I make a mistake and try next time not to do it again? You know, highlight tapes and music videos are very different. So what were your initial challenges when you became a Steadicam operator or were you able to adapt pretty easily? I was able to adapt pretty easily, I think. A lot of the industry, the hip hop world I'm in, like I listen to the music. You'd be surprised. It's just like, Steadicam operating, as I said, is just a dance, and I think it's very, very important that you know how to group to the music. Uh, footwork is very key. You probably kill it on the dance floor. You keep talking about footwork. <laughs> <laughs> the best going off. <laughs> so the main challenges, I guess, is just being able to be swift on your feet and being able to move with the artist, move with the beat of the music. Because if you're not feeling the music, I feel like it may be very hard to do your job. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. It's very hard. And it's, and for the editors, it's also very hard because editors usually cut to eight counts and they cut the beats. So it's very important that we move and it just looks better in music videos. And we, we probably don't notice it all the time, but a lot of times, you know, they'll, you'll see operators move and they'll keep those long cuts when it's moving and it just looks really great. When you watch music videos now, do you ever catch yourself being like, ooh, there was a little mistake there, either on the operator's end or the editor's end? Like, you can catch <laughs> I, I catch some, now that I know, I, I do catch things here and there, but like, but I also watch a lot of music videos to learn. I'm like, all right, oh, he did that move. How did he do that? Let me go practice it. Let me go see how I, how I can incorporate in that to, to my style. That's good. That's a good way to put it. Maybe I was coming off a little too negative there. <laughs> no, no, you weren't. <laughs> um, so the company I work for, Cheese the House, we always put a huge emphasis on working alongside a team. We are a very close-knit team. We take a lot of pride in it. Um, we do our best work when we are like a unified front. And as a freelancer, I feel like there are some people who don't, always get the benefits of that or they don't see the benefits of it on an everyday basis. Um, but I know that you have been able to work alongside some repeat directors and some repeat camera operators and some repeat producers. Do you feel like in your opinion that your experiences on set differ either for better or for worse when you work alongside directors and you know cinematographers that you are familiar with? I think it definitely helps when, when we see familiar faces. Like there's some directors I do work for quite a bit and it's, I know what they want because every director has a certain style, how they want the camera to move, 
and how they want everything done. And I've like adapted to like, you know, their styles. And I'm, it's like no question when I step on set with certain people. And then when I step on set with newer people, it is like, okay, like what does the person want? Like, let me just freestyle and, and get out there. And then they may, may have some corrections for me. And then you no, know, after, you know, halfway through the day, I kind of get adjusted what they want. But for the most part, when I do work with the same team, definitely it's a faster pace. Like everyone knows what each other wants. It's just easier. And I think a lot of directors and producers like to hire the same people. That's why we kind of will see the same crew around each other. It's just more efficiency and everyone knows each other. And it's just, it is a big team. I'm going to kind of piggyback off of that because the energy on set, I imagine for music videos depends on the artist but now I also kind of feel like it depends on the director so where do you feel the most energy when you're on set do you really follow the artist's energy and the music or are you really focused on the director's energy it's the artists and usually it's the assistant, direct, the assistant directors that really really bring energy um there's there's a couple of them out here that really like you know they they, they carry around with their backpack speakers and they're screaming yelling and making the set really hype and, and it's fun and you know and and while it's while the takes actually going you know you hear them screaming in the background like let's go let's go and it's having fun and jumping around and dancing and and, and like really like challenging artists to be more hype and, and really bring themselves because sometimes i like, you know they work the artists work a lot and you know when they come to music videos like it, it could be like not the last thing they want to do but it's like they, they're tired and sometimes they just need a little pump and I think the the ADs really bring that energy some directors do too but mostly I see it from the assistant directors they really really bring the energy to the set that's interesting I would have never guessed that but that's really cool recently you worked on Beyonce's Black is King set can you share a little bit of your experience on that set what was it like that was like one of the best things that happened in my life but that was that was definitely like a day I was like whoa like I made it this far. It was a, a great opportunity. I was so glad to be a part of it. Um, I did three days on a job. They filmed like a ton of days. They filmed in Utah, Africa, New York. So I was a part of a three-day job in LA. It was just a great experience just being on set with her. She was also directing it. So I was also like taking some feedback from her and, and the other director. I don't know. It was, it was like an incredible experience. I, I felt nervous. You know, once I was strapped on the rig, I was fine. But it was definitely like this one of those moments you had the star in front of you and you're like, all right, holy shit. All right, let's get after it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it was a, a great opportunity. I, I was so glad to be a part of that and just be a part of the black art that, that came out. I, I remember I stayed up with my girlfriend and we like watched it because it came out on Disney Plus like in the middle of the night and we stayed up and watched it. And that was like it's a, a great feeling to see some of my work on there. So it was awesome. Yeah. Because, you know, like, because they, they filmed so much, so it was one of those things that, like, right, how much is my stuff going to make it? And surprisingly, like, more than I thought would did make it, so I was very happy about that. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, congrats on that. That's really exciting. Thank you. Okay, taking a little bit of a different turn, there are obviously obstacles with every creative field. So what do you think has been the biggest obstacle for you, whether it be an obstacle based on being a Steadicam operator or an obstacle based on being in the music video industry? I think uh, the biggest obstacle is just, there's not many like black Steadicam operators. So there's I, that the knowledge that I know of at the time of me entering the field, there was two of them that I, that I knew personally out of like the maybe like 200 operators. So I think that just me being so young, 
like most operators are in their 30s and I started operating I was 22 and it's me being African-American I think it was just very hard for me in the beginning to have that confidence and knowing that like I didn't not that I felt out of place but like you deserve to be here and I felt like just me adapting and, and showing telling myself that like hey you deserve to be here like just because you're young and just because there's not many of your kind doesn't mean that like, you don't deserve to be in this room of people. So I think that was a very big obstacle for me in the beginning. And now that I've adapted to it, just feel the need to bring more of a sunset. I think that that's a big issue and we're actually working to do so now. And there's more black creatives, black, I mean, black state in my brain on set. And I think, I think we're taking the age out of it now. Like, hey, we can do it at any age. Like, I don't care if you're 40, we can still do your job. So don't have that ego. So yeah, I think that's the biggest obstacle that I've started to feel when I came out here and, and was able to slowly get over it. And I still am getting, getting over it. So I know you said that, you know, telling yourself, you know, I deserve to be here. I'm I'm good at what I do. Kind yeah. of helped you overcome some of those challenges. Were there any other kind of external factors, whether it be a support system or just getting a job you were really aiming for that kind of proved to you, like, I'm supposed to be here and I can do this. Or was it just an internal motivation? A little bit of both. I think uh, my mentor really helped me. Like if I were to come from a job and be like, oh man, I did not feel so good about that one. Like, you know, I would talk to him about it and, and be like, hey, like I did this, I did that. And he would tell me like how to fix it. When I had problems, I was able to talk through it with my people and also have that internal instinct to be like, no, you practice every day. You know someone what to do and you know how to handle problems because you, you've had someone teach you. So, yeah. So I know we're almost out of time, but I have one question that is kind of more of a fun one that I really am interested to know. What is the craziest, most abnormal situation you've ever experienced while you were on a set? You don't have to give names because I know you work in a very high profile industry, <laughs> but like explain the situation. <laughs> there's, there's probably two. One day it was in the Mojave Desert. We got caught in a windstorm. It was probably like one of the most, like not scary. It was just like, all right, all right what the hell is going on? I'm not sure if you've heard of Mojave Desert, but it's like a field of deserted airplanes. And it was just like wings started flapping and things started going crazy. And it was just like a massive chaos. It was all worth it when the video came out because some of the scenes looked really crazy and dope and that was awesome. And the second thing was um, when I was in Louisiana, there was a scene of an artist. I can say that one. It was Juice World, And um, I repeated him. But we're in, um, it was an alligator zoo. And I had to go in the pen with the alligator. And the trainer was in there. So I go in there with the steady cams because, you know, I can't run like too fast with this thing. And Juice World is in the back like behind the alligator. I'm in the front of it and the alligator just staring at me while I'm operating. Like I'm talking about like, I'm like seven, eight feet away from this thing. And it was one of those moments I'm just like, while I'm doing it, I'm like, you idiot. Like, what are you doing? But it was an older alligator, so it wasn't like aggressive or anything. But when the video came out again, it was worth it for that time being. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine being told like, hey, you got to get in this pen with this alligator. I would be like, are you kidding me? Hey, let's go. Make the video work. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that we were able to talk today. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. I hope that you learned a lot. And I hope that you want to get in the music video industry because it's making me want to start making music videos. I don't know if I can hold a steady cam rig, but I'll start you doing can, some sure. arm workouts <laughs> <and> get there. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to see what work you do in the future and i would love to have you stay in touch with this community as well 
Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It was awesome to speak with you and also to share some of my stories and how I got here. So thank you very much. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.